It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Starting at $3 a month, get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shoutouts, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to gatorsbreakdown.supportingcast.fm to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDay underscore SEC. Coming at you with, hey, even more offensive line talk this week. We heard from Austin Barber earlier this week to kind of get our feet wet with the offensive line. And then later on, uh, uh, also this week. Offensive line coach, offensive coordinator, Rob Sell in front of the microphone. So we get to hear from Dan. Also, Kingsley Aguacan uh, in front of the microphone as well. So very offensive line heavy uh, this first full week of spring practice. So there's a lot of questions uh, going on with the offensive line. And uh, getting to talk with Rob Sell, hey, he pretty much lays out what the offensive line looks like right now um, with this first week of spring practice. You know, who's starting – um, we get some answers on some of the transfers that came in along the offensive line. So um, very uh, info-heavy episode with the help of, uh, you know, we'll get to hear from Rob Sell, Kingsley Aguacan, and also Antoine Powell-Ryland on the defensive side. Uh, we'll get to hear from him as well as they spoke to the media uh, this week. So, you know, guys, you know how we do it. Spring practices here. We're going to ramp up the coverage right here on Gators Breakdown. All football, all the time. That's how we do it right here. On Gators Breakdown. Everybody hit that like button, hit that subscribe button before we get rolling on this episode of Gators Breakdown. Also, you probably saw it before the episode if you're watching the YouTube version, but there you go. Got some new merchandise up at GatorsBreakdownMerch.com. New designs up there for the springtime. Everybody asks, well, not everybody, but a lot of people ask how they can help support Gators Breakdown. Then there you go. That is one way. GatorsBreakdownMerch.com. Get you some Gators Breakdown merch right there. And also, of course, Gators Breakdown Plus. Link is in the description. If you listen to the audio version, you want an ad-free version? Hey, you get that. On Gators Breakdown Plus, access to that Discord server as well where the conversation is always going with, hey, with all these coaching changes uh, and all the spring practice happenings, conversations have been heightened even more on that Gators Breakdown Plus Discord. I'm in there. Other users are in there. Conversations always going. So if you want to talk even more Gators football, join Gators Breakdown Plus, get access to that Discord server. 
All right, let's get to it. I mean, I've we got a lot of sound bites here <laughs> for this. Uh, so if you've watched a full press conference, I think it was it was uh, yesterday on Tuesday, recording this on Wednesday. Uh, so none of this will be new to you, but you know, as we do here, we'll, we'll break it down and we'll analyze probably too deeply <laughs> what is being said here. Uh, but hey, that's how we do it right here. Um, so let's start with Rob Sale, of course, and we're going to hear his thoughts on Austin Barber. At left tackle, Michael Mazuka at left guard to transfer from Baylor. And also, who else fits in at guard and center to start the spring? There's some battles going on there, some depth battles going on there. Rob Sell tells us all about it. For this time being in spring, you know, he get beat, head down, hey, body language, get up, head up, eyes up, go to the next play. Um, so him as a person um, and as a football player has gotten so much better, but uh, he is night and day from where he was this time last year, I would say. But you sign a bunch of Austin Barbers around here and um, you're going to have a good football team. Mike is a very, um, it's kind of like Saibo when it comes to, you can tell, teach a concept one time and he he has it. You know, some guys got to take notes, write it down, do a walkthrough. Mike kind of just looks at you and go, all right, now, you know, do you think, do you got it or not? You know, he's like, oh, I got it. And he goes out there and sure enough, he gets it. So football comes easy to him, like Osiris. Um, but they're different in their movement skills. And um, so that's different. But he's a good football player. I can tell you that right now after day two. Richie Leonard's right now is obviously going with the ones. He's a very good football player, instinctive. Uh, you got Najee Harris um, at right guard with the twos right now currently. And you got Christian Williams. You got Jalen Farmer, who's currently um, – out um, doing endo. Um, he'll be back at the end of spring. Um, who else am I missing? I don't want to miss anybody. Um, you know, you got Roderick that also can move to either guard position. You got Jake Slaughter who's doing a great job. Um, I would have no problem rolling out there, Jake, with any time. We got we got guys that can put their hand on the ball. You know, Kingsley um, returning starter. Jake Slaughter is getting nothing but better. Have no problem if you know something. You know, obviously every job's open, right? So yeah. we got a lot to go compete. If Jake keeps getting better, um, go push him. I would say that, but I have no problems with Jake going in the game. If we're playing tomorrow, Jake's a good football player. There we go, hearing about some depth pieces, and we'll get even more into these transfers coming up from Rob Sale. But look, some credit here for um, these offensive line coaches and the players last season and this season. You know, starting with Barber, which is uh, where Rob Sale started there, uh, talking about left tackle Austin Barber. Look, he had no experience last season. Uh, you know, coming in, finally getting his taste of football last year. The Michael Tarkin injury happens in early, early in the Kentucky game, and Austin Barber comes in. You know, we were wondering, you know, did Florida have enough depth last year uh, along the offensive line? All the changes going on there uh, and the struggles that had been there for, for years. You know, what you have a starter go down, and credit to these coaches and credit to the players, Austin Barber was ready to step in and contribute. Had no experience for last season. Then able to step in and was an upgrade. An upgrade in a lot of ways over Tarquin. And was, you know, Tarquin gets injured, probably playing injured a bit throughout the season. Maybe he had something to do with that, but Austin Barber comes in and just plays exceptionally well. Ends up playing both tackle spots last year throughout the year. And look, that says a lot about his work ethic and also Rob Sale, you know, getting a younger player who had no experience, ready to contribute and contribute at a high level when everything was so new. And when everything was so new. 
So credit there to the player, Austin Barber. Credit there to Sale for getting him ready. But now you, you heard him go into the comments of Micah Mazuka, the Baylor transfer at left guard, and the comparisons to Osiris Torrance about how maybe easy the game is for him mentally. And it's great to hear that he learns fast. Torrance was that way too, but also had the advantage because he, he started early at Louisiana under Billy Napier and his staff. But he also had the advantage of playing in the system when he came to Florida, knowing the expectations of the coaching staff, how to approach the game, how to play the game. And now, you know, rave review so far of Mazuka being in that same cloth of we can tell him something one time and he's and he's got it, or he's in the or or, or, he, or he's in the playbook and, and he knows what to do mentally there. And that's what you want from maybe your most highly regarded transfer that you brought in. Needing to replace Osiris Torrance, not a, it's not a straight replacement, of course. Mazuka's going to be on the left side when Osiris Torrance is on the right side. But you know, somebody you went and identified to fit in this offense who has exceptional run-blocking grades from pro football focus, somebody who should be come in and just automatically be a road grader with this offensive line staff that has a reputation of being able to develop at a high level. Mizuka is already a really, really good player. Has a power five reputation of playing at Baylor. He could be even better with this staff. So spring, very important there. And it sounds like he's hitting that ground running, ready to go, ready to play. Now, we did get some clarification and some confirmation from Rob Sill in those sound bites. Hope you caught it. But the other starting guard spot. On the right side, the right guard is one Richie Leonard to start this spring. Now, obviously, he wasn't going to start last season over Osiris Torrance, over Ethan White, but played in 11 games last season, mostly filling in at times for Ethan White. Now, I remember being at the games and seeing Ethan White on the sideline. He wasn't injured. Richie Leonard's out there playing and playing well. Played 11 games last year, got one start, and to me, looked better at times than Ethan White did. You know, they both had their highs, but he went out there and played well. He brings all that experience back of playing in 11 games last year. So, you know, you, you look at your, your four spots right there. We'll get into it, and I'll, I'll, I'll post into it, but you're all the way from left tackle to right guard experience. Three of the guys experiencing this offense from last year in Barber, Aguacan, and Leonard. Mazuka, a lot of experience at Baylor coming in. Sounds like he's on the fast track of playing. I mean, this, this offensive line, four out of the five, you can point to, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. You just heard what he's, he brought up Jake Slaughter's name a couple of times. And if you guys have listened to Gators Breakdown the last couple of weeks and previewing spring, talking about the offensive line last episode as well, I brought up Jake Slaughter's name because I'm hearing it behind the scenes at the same time. You heard Rob Sell say, you know, we can throw him in the center. We can throw him in the mix there. We can throw him in a guard. Some versatility there with Jake Slaughter. And it's not just coach speak for how much they like him. And I've been hearing his name for a couple of months now a name that can make some noise on this depth chart, pencil him in as the main backup at center or guard, and maybe even can push the starters. 
and or fill in when needed and no drop off. But if staff really likes him, he's gonna he's gonna play. He's gonna play a lot. Maybe a lot, a lot like Richard Leonard did last year coming in. Ethan White's not injured, but Richard Leonard's a good player. We want to go get him some reps. Gonna need that experience for this year. Well, you may see the same thing with Jake Slaughter this year. All starts this spring. But let's shift it a bit. Let's shift it to the transfers. A big, big question there for these transfers coming in. And one of the biggest ones was where is Damian George, the transfer from Alabama, going to line up? Bob Sell tells us. He'll stay outside for us. We got we got inside guys. Um, but right now, you know, obviously we signed him for tackle. Um, and we need depth there as also as well. So um, he'll stay out there. Um, but we got some really, really good young inside guys that we're very happy with. There we go. Straight to the point. We got our answer. Damian George is going to be a tackle for the Gators. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We got our answer of where he's going to line up. I'm glad it was asked. We went straight to the point. There was no, uh, we'll see how it goes this spring, and we'll see where he lines up. No, we know. They brought him in as a tackle, and he's going to stay a tackle. Now, he played both guard and tackle at Alabama. Started some games there, but ended up getting replaced. So hopefully, new scenery, new coaches, new scheme benefits him, paired with some, you know, some experience that he brings in, from Alabama. Pair all that together. Mix all that together. And hopefully, all the newness elevates his game. And then Sale went through the names that they have on the inside, that they feel comfortable there. So that allows George to be a tackle, stay at tackle. But as he said, quote, we signed him as a tackle. So while there is you know, added value there that he played some guard, this staff wants him as a tackle. So moving on, George just might be in a competition this spring. With another SEC transfer, Keontae Goodwin from Kentucky, Sale gives us our first glimpse into Goodwin. He's done a phenomenal job with his weight since he's been here. I mean, the guys here, I mean, a little bit after six every every morning, um, he's lost like 22 pounds since he's been here. Um, so it's important to him. Um, that's what I like, you know. If he was struggling, it wasn't going down, and you know, hey, then you kind of got to look at him All right now. What's the deal? Uh, but it's important to him. That's what, what I like about him. He's always in my office, always asking questions. Um, so I'm very pleased with him. There you go. Being very pleased with one of the transfers there. This one, good one, Keontae Goodwin from Kentucky. And I see you guys brought it up, you know, talking about the size of this offensive line in the YouTube chat. Thank you so much for joining us right here live on Gators Breakdown. Thanks for leaving those comments out there. And look, you just heard Rob Sell. I mean, perfect time for you guys to bring it up in the chat because what did he just say? Goodwin has lost 22 pounds. 22 pounds since he's been on campus. He's down to 353. That's what Florida listed him at as of late February, that roster that came out. 
So he's down 22 pounds to 353. And that's good news for him. Good news for the competition there at right, the right tackle spot. But remember, when he transferred from Kentucky, their media, their fans question his dedication to the game. Does it seem like an issue here right now? As far as you know, getting his weight down. 353 for Goodwin. And kind of look around at the, you know, the other tackle spots or maybe who is in line for right tackle. Just talked about Damian George. So Goodwin's at 353. Damian George, 369. Cam Waits, who's injured, but they did list his weight. So he's probably still working out and all that stuff as much as he can with that torn Achilles. But he's 362. Herman's 372. So Goodwin's 6'8", 353. Lighter than those guys right now. You know, if his weight was an issue, he's lighter than George. He's lighter than Waits, lighter than Herman at 6'8. I mean, George, who's more than likely the starter right now at right tackle as we start spring practice, as I mentioned, 369. He's 6'6, 369. Good one, 6'8, 353. So I'd imagine the weight's probably about where they want it. Now, hopefully he can adjust to playing at that weight. But he's closer to where, given the weights of the other tackles here, he's closer to probably where, you know, where he should be. I'm not sure 353 is the goal weight for him, but comparing that with the others, he can't be too far off. Let's go back. You know, he was the third highest ever signee for Kentucky. Five-star offensive lineman, now transfers to Florida. Here's hoping he can come along this spring as a potential starter or a nice depth piece that may be needed at some point with little to no drop-off. But man, got to like that. Love hearing that news of the dedication coming in, wondering about the weight, and does it seem to be an issue as spring practice starts. So taking everything Rob Sell said there, it looks like we probably can finally have the answer to what we've kind of been wondering the last couple of weeks as we preview spring football, as we get into spring football, who's that starting five for the offensive line? We knew most of them. I'll pop it up right here for you on the YouTube version for the graphics. think we got it. Left tackle, Austin Barber, no surprise. Micah Mazuka, of course, you bring him in from Baylor. He's instant plug and play as a transfer. He's got your left guard spot. At center, Kingsley Aguacan. And then now I think we've got our questions to the right side. Right now, spring practice starts. Right guard, Richard Leonard. Right tackle, Damian George. The right tackle, I think, can still be some question, especially if Goodwin can come in and push George, but I'm excited for a competition there. Competition is going to make everybody better. We'll get into that later in this episode as well. But I think as it sits right now, there's our starting five, given what Rob Stell has said. You know, one of the questions was, where who's going to be guard? I think we... We were penciling in Richie Leonard anyway to that right guard spot, but we got confirmation. And then we got confirmation of where Damian George was going to play. Was it going to be guard? Was it going to be tackle? Now, I think they like Richie Leonard, and you heard Rob Sell say they have some nice depth at guard. They like Richie Leonard there, so that allowed them. And look, they were scouting George as a tackle anyway. So given his experience at Alabama, given that they scouted him and signed him as wanting to be the right tackle. We'll pencil him in there 
And I say probably on his heels just a bit would be Keontae Goodwin to transfer from Kentucky. That's the way I think I see it there. So left to right, Barber 6'6", 311. Bazooka 6'5", 329. Kingsley at center 6'3", 301. Richie Leonard 6'2", 317. And Damian George transferred from Alabama 6'6", 369. There we go. Have to like that size. Have to like that size. Excited for see all this competition here only along, along the offensive line. Wonder what the ceiling is with losing Osiris Torrance. But Barber, Mazuka, they're on the left side. The left side might be stronger than the right side this year. Might be kind of opposite of what we saw last year. But there we go. There we go. I think we got a good starting point for the starting five of the offensive line. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, so let's get to one of the offensive linemen. We heard from Austin Barber earlier this week. Let's get to center Kingsley Aguacan. Hey, look, he's going to be a leader this year. He's been a leader. But you can hear from him on how important him being a leader is. The good thing with me is I feel like I've been the vocal leader and I really just the leader in general for the past couple of years. So the leadership role personally isn't really something new to step into. I think it's different because it's new guys and they don't really know who I am. And uh, it, like the freshman stuff, I kind of got to introduce them to what it is to be a Gator, how we work, how to go about themselves, what they need to do to improve themselves. So the leadership role isn't really a new thing for me. I think it's more so just adapting to the new guys. It's um, it's not. I don't know if it's difficult is the right word to say. It's uh, it's definitely different. You know, uh, we play a position where it's five equals one. We all have to be kind of on the same page with everything. So I'm glad we got these these 15 opportunities to kind of get that communication aspect of things down and kind of get our double teams down how we need to. And kind of like today, for instance, we had a couple couple plays. They might not have been the best, but then we started picking it up. Started kind of getting the chemistry for it. I think that's what what is what this spring is going to be for us is getting that chemistry down. Definitely, you know, offensive line chemistry came along pretty good last year, right? And looking at Kingsley, a leader on this team, this offense, this offensive line, he's proud to be a Gator. Uh, he said previously, I uh, tried to save some of the best sound bites, though, but he said he was proud to be a Gator. Um, wrestled with a decision. I don't know how high he would have got drafted in the NFL if he would have, but he said wrestled with a decision a lot, but he wants to finish uh, what he started at Florida here. He's proud to be a Gator. Uh, and look, he's going to need to be that type of leader with the newcomers coming in, the new faces coming in on this offensive line. Uh, plenty of experience in that role, as he says. Uh, and now a year in the system, in that role, playing center, and all the communication that comes along with that position. 
that he can now share with Micah Mazuka. I mean, who lines up right beside him. You know, and it's that scenario. Also, Mazuka having Austin Barber on the other side of him, having Richard Leonard to lean on for advice in the guard spot. I mean, this is a great example of starting way ahead of where this team was last spring, of course, going into year one of Billy Napier. Now you have so many more players and experience to rely on who've, who've, who've been through the trials, especially on the offensive line. So many players ready to hit the ground running based off of the experience of last year that they got and now able to share the information. Like, oh, Cyrus Torrance, he could come in and share a little bit as a transfer and playing in this offense. But now, if you were on this team last year, you can share the information with all the incoming transfers, something that Florida didn't get to experience last year in the natural transition of a first year. Now, of course, there's still a lot of learning going on, but now you can refine you can refine it a bit. Everybody knows where they need to be. You don't have to introduce a practice regimen. Everybody's used to how practice is now. Now you can just concentrate more on football. Instead of all the newness compared to last season. So speaking of hitting the ground running, Kingsley was asked about the quarterbacks. And he went on to discuss quarterback Graham Mercer's approach to the game and the competition with Jack Miller. Graham is, he came in with the right attitude for sure. Like he was probably the one out of all the transfers, I would say was like consistently in the building, trying to learn the new playbook, trying to be the quarterback. You feel me? He's trying to get that job. So, I, and he's my, my locker neighbor too. So like, I really get to see it firsthand. Uh, I think Graham came in with a great attitude to be honest with you. And I'm excited to see what he does for us. Jack feels, you feel me? He's got the right attitude as well. He's been in the building working. He's trying to get it back right, trying to, keep because at the end of the day I'm, I'm pretty sure I guess it's not really nobody's job yet but he he knows he's been here so he knows what he has to do to keep the job and at the end of the day I, I like to see the competition so you feel me I think he, I think he's got the right mindset though I think he's handling himself well carrying himself well in the right way and he he's got that those good leadership qualities about him what's that competition been like not even just on the field but how much you've seen those guys you know going through film together have they been working together and what's that competition just been like I would say so. I mean, I, I'm obviously I'm more focused on my room and getting my guys right and kind of like myself. I'm trying to be the best version of myself I can be this year. But they definitely have been working. I don't know if, if together, but I see them both in the building all the time, whether it's getting treatment, whether it's getting physical therapy, whether it's in upstairs with coaches. They're always in the building doing something, trying to improve themselves. Obviously, you have a rapport with Jack. That's something you need to build with Graham. Do you mm. feel like you guys being sat next to each other was that intentional uh probably because taraj is next to me as well so i think uh they're just trying to get some of those older transfers in to kind of see how i carry myself and how i how i do go about things to kind of get the right way to do it and um make sure that they have the right i don't know what the word is but kind of output the right things to the yeah. team if you know what i'm trying to say i mean you're sitting next to the guys that could be the quarterback of the defense and the quarterback of the offense. Yeah. What qualities are those two specifically bringing to the locker room, the years of experience that they have in the Big Ten? I think that's the biggest thing that you just said. They have the experience and they've played the game and they know what it takes because at the end of the day, a guy can go up and draw everything at the same time, but it's ball. Things happen like that. And those guys being able to have that experience and know what, what comes with it and playing big time ball in the Big Ten. I think that that and they also carry themselves well, like they kind of got something about them that's different. So at the end of the day, those, that's why I think they put those guys next to me to kind of push them to be leaders more so. 
Interesting dynamic there. And what pays off more? I think when you look at that, Jack Miller's experience in the system or Graham Mertz's experience playing the last three seasons in the Big Ten at Wisconsin. Which experience pays off faster for those quarterbacks? Obviously, early on in the spring, Miller will be comfortable in the offense. Um, you know, in the second practice that just happened on uh, Tuesday, uh, able to run around, complete some passes down the field. Showing a little bit of athleticism was Jack Miller. As for Mertz, you know, and what we see in the open portion of practice, you see the you, know, you guys can see all the, the the highlights that that's out there on Twitter, of course. Oh, I call them highlights, but the the video of the open portion, beginning portions of practice. That ball comes out of Mertz's hands a little more aggressive, a little faster, a little more zip to it. It gets to the wide receivers a bit faster, so no surprise there. Um, but you know, as Kingsley was alluding to, one has to step up as a leader, and that's where Mertz's experience to me will probably win out. I think that's one more step, one more benchmark he probably has over Miller is playing in all those games for Wisconsin in the last few years. He's been in those game situations. Uh, he can grab from those. And shouldn't be phased by too many situations. Now, you know, of course, he played in some big stadiums in the Big Ten. You know, playing at Michigan, playing at Ohio State, playing uh, at Penn State's not easy. Uh, you know, you could compare uh, d- those three uh, a-, a bit to some atmospheres in the SEC. Now, if Graham Mertz is the guy, or even Jack Miller, he hasn't done it at all. But at least Mertz has those big games experiences, big stadium experiences. I mean, you got to go to LSU this year. Uh, you know, so Graham Mertz, he shouldn't be. You know, is um, a Death Valley Tiger Stadium, one of the most intimidating atmospheres and environments out there? Of course. Of course there is. Uh, but at least he's been in like situations. Uh, they won't be phased too much by that. So probably a leg up in that area. Um, for and, and that, that leadership goes a long way. When you've been in those situations and you're calm and you're cool and you're collected, you won't really get that situation in the spring. But I think you take that into account. You know, if the if they're close, if the competition's not that, uh, the gap's not that wide in the competition, you know, I think you lean towards Graham Merch for those purposes. But, you know, leadership goes a long way. Kingsley Aguacan making sure that he is in the conversations with those quarterbacks. Look, I mean, he's got a good, he's the guy snapping it to him. So he's going to have a relationship with him anyway. Uh, but good to hear there from Kingsley how much he's involved, how much um, you know, he's been involved as a, as a Gator the last few years, involved in this offense last year, and now being able to share all that knowledge with these quarterbacks and to Roger Mitchell, as you heard him say. All right, let's go. Hey, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. A lot of offensive line talk this week, as I said, but you know we had Jason Marshall earlier this week talking about the defense, and now we get to hear from Antoine powell Ryland, who, of course – once Brenton Cox was dismissed, able to get on the field a bit more, played well in spurts, played well at times. It was hard to block, you know, that that that, that Texas A&M game, that South Carolina game. I mean, even the FSU game at some points just, you know, could not get Jordan Travis down, but in the backfield. Got to take some steps this year, but you know, what what's uh what does he feel about this defense and the changes in store on that side of the ball? I think we headed in the right direction. Uh we, we've been working. We know what's ahead. We know what we got to do. Uh, people have been here before. We all have been here before, so we, we, we should be ready. 
you take a look at the sack numbers from Austin Armstrong's defenses at Southern Miss, they're pretty high and so yeah. forth. Does that excite you? Oh, yeah. you have conversations about that, about sure. what, what you can what you can do in this defense? Yeah, we, we uh, I, I like Coach Armstrong a lot. He, he's, he's young, so he he more he more energized. He, he, he more hype. He, he want to get things going. So I, I really appreciate him wanting to take this chance to come and coach us. We got uh, our new linebacker, Taraji. He, he, he has to, like, make the calls and all that. So he, you, you hear him pretty much. You, of, yeah. of course, Shamar. Uh, I mean, I'm, I think myself, uh, Big Cam, uh, Princely. It's, I mean, we, we kind of we like we like it as like a team thing, not really as in like pointing, okay. yeah, yeah, pointing each other out. I think we all we all about it. There you go, hearing from Antoine Powell about this defense with the changes in store with with of course new defense coordinator Austin Armstrong and who's stepping up as leaders and look. Powell Ryland is a player I'm eager to see if he can make another jump this year. He got his chance even more so when Brenton Cox went down as I, as or when he was dismissed, as I said, made some plays in the backfield, got to the quarterback more and flash. Does he have another step? Um, does he have another step in this aggressive style of Austin Armstrong defense? Uh, we heard Jason Marshall earlier this week speak on the energy and the youthfulness Armstrong brings to the defense. And Antoine Powell shares that same so it shares those same thoughts about just the kind of new um, the new feeling around this defense, the new approach here by Austin Armstrong. You know, does does that energy and youthfulness shed off onto the players? Does it make it better to the players? Does it transfer over to the players? Will the players feed off of a coach that that gives it to them? Like that, instead of compared to the you know maybe more laid back approach of a Patrick Tony. I'd like to think this approach is more suited for someone like Powell Ryland and, and what he showed last year. Maybe some combination of, of that aggressiveness of, of Austin Armstrong and the way he calls the defense and you know, just kind of we saw him bouncing around at practice the other day. You know, that that can feed off onto these players. Eager to see that. Powell Ryland also mentions leaders at every level of the defense to go along with himself. <laughs> Newcomers Cam Jackson to Roger Mitchell are mentioned to go along with Shamar James. And look, we know this this defense needs a lot of leadership um, to kind of bounce back from what they've been. It's not just going to you know, be as easy as, uh, as a flip switch and a defensive coordinator uh, coming in. You know, these need some guys on the field to step up in leadership roles as well. And I'm sure, you know, confidence has just kind of waned the last few years once you get a few games under your belt and kind of realize this defense isn't. Uh, what it should be. And then last year, look, we saw some flashes. You get to the midpoint of the season and, and you go to Texas A&M and you play pretty well, play one of your better performances of the year, shut down South Carolina the very next week, and then fall back down. You know, could not handle Vanderbilt, could not handle FSU to end the season, could not handle Oregon State to end the season. We know where was the leadership at. And something we really couldn't point to Last season, besides, you know, Ventrell Miller, Amari Bernie, Jervon Dexter. Now, much of the leadership is made up of players Napier has brought in, whether it be a sophomore going into a second season like Shamar James or some of these transfers coming in. I mean, there's new faces. Antoine Powell is acknowledging his leaders already. And to Roger Mitchell, he, he has to be. He's Like you he say, he's going to be out there calling the plays. He's going to be the heart of this defense playing linebacker. Cam Jackson has to be as that anchor up front. All his experience that he brings from Memphis, 
those guys, it's good news that they're already being identified as leaders early on in spring, off-season workouts. And Powell Ryland just brings them up. Didn't even really have to think about it. Taraja Mitchell, Cam Jackson, transfers, Shamar James, to go along with Taraja Mitchell at that second level as a second-year player. Hope all that experience as a true freshman pays off. A young, young leader is what you can be getting from Shamar James. And, of course, Jason Marshall on the back end. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, so let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go to the position of edge. Antoine um, you know, Powell Ryland, he has even more on him being a leader amongst this group of edge rushers. Uh, having to be a leader, step up to be a leader, because I mean everybody's looking at me. They, they, I'm, I'm the example, so I got to do, I got to do what, what, what I, what it was coached to do. I got to do it uh, even more, and I got to stay on them and make sure everybody else is good. Accountability. Yeah. What's that like for you? Is it easy to take on that role? Or? Uh, I mean. I, I kind of did it anyway. It wasn't really. I, I was used to it. I mean, I'm I'm always invested in other people, yeah. so it's, it's not really no different. It's me, Princely, uh, Jack, Bryce Capers, and TJ. Excuse me. And I mean, I, I feel good about all of them. We uh we we all sit and talk about passers anyway. So <laughs> like that that's really that, that's that's what we love to do. So we it, it's not really we we more off of talking to each other and saying what, what we think we could have did better or something. How, how new is Princely being in that room, and then what do you think that transition is? I mean, it's the same thing. We we all we all together. Like it ain't really because we, we all do one on ones together, like in sure. practice. So like we we all we all get hyped. We all get turned when when another person do a move. We all like we all like to learn from each other. So whatever whatever he's good at, we, I try to get it from him. And it's the same way. Jack, he he put in work every day. That, that ain't he don't, he don't make no excuses. None. He put he put in work. He ready to go every day. Does TJ seriously play in your position? Yes. What do you think of him? What does he bring uh, to the table? He he he's long. Like he, he's very long. He's quick to be that long too. He is it, he he got some tools. He can he can he can definitely make make some shape. There you go, Antoine Powell Rylan, kind of going through the edge room a bit, and even more clarity on who the staff is identifying as pass rushers at this edge spot along the defensive front. And that, look, I like the move of Princely uh, being considered as such an edge player instead of a true defensive end. You know, Florida just needs a little more size of that defensive end role where it seems like Justice Boone right now is leading the way. Um, what I can't wait to see more of, look, we're only two practices in, uh, heard just a little bit, but the young guys in this role, you know, as a Jack Pyburn, you know, second-year player, is he now ready to make more of a contribution? Could we see a true freshman like TJ Searcy take advantage of being an early enrollee getting on the field in, in a spot that's traditionally hard to get on. You know, as a true freshman in the SEC, we've seen it. Uh, but to be able to come in and make an, an, an impact, 
You probably burn seriously two young players I've heard are really looking the part through workouts in the first couple of practices. Uh, seriously was one of the first freshmen I've heard uh, that, that I heard about uh, as offseason workouts were, were taking place. So um, not to put too much pressure or not to put too much uh, notoriety on what's happening there. You know, I think uh, it can be our own fault a little bit if young players don't step up and ready, ready, ready to go because we put a label on them of, of, hey, we're hearing this and we're hearing that. And then, you know, it, may, it might take a little bit uh, there for, 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 for these true freshmen. But I, I will admit, hearing a, a good bit about Cersei as a true freshman and also Pyburn, uh, who really flashed in that first practice uh, for the Gators on uh, that past Saturday. So, look, this is what springs for identify your depth pieces. The players, you know, it's there for them as a chance to prove that they deserve a chance. That's what spring practice is for uh, here for the Gators. So you're going to hear a lot of young names. You're going to hear a lot of young guys who are looking at this opportunity, some guys who have been on campus this, this spring looking for opportunities to break through, build some depth for these Gators. Pyburn, seriously, two younger guys, I think, to look out for, especially at this edge spot. Uh, and, of course, a little bit of – News to go along with this position group just a bit, but of course, Jamar Chaney, a defensive assistant analyst, ace recruiter for the Gators, is going to go to Western Kentucky where he will coach linebackers. And uh, honestly, say congrats to Jamar. I've gotten to know, I've gotten to know him a, a good bit over the last uh, year or so since he came back on staff uh, here at Florida. One of the best staffers I've ever dealt with uh, is one Jamar Chaney. So I'm happy for him that he gets this chance. He's wanted the chance to, you know, coach on field and you know, gets his first chance for an on field role there at Western Kentucky. Uh, hopefully he'll be back in Gainesville once he gets a little more experience under his belt on the field. Um, you know, he definitely said he, he told me he'd love to be back one day. Uh, so happy for him. I, I hope, you know, it works out on field where he can prove that he has a lot of worth there uh, as well. And he's back in Gainesville coaching in some capacity. Uh, if Florida has an opening there um, at, at you know one of the linebacker coaching spots. So Jamar Chaney, man, I just uh, congrats to him. Uh, <laughs> I hate to see him go. I hate to see him go. Really, really good recruiter behind the scenes as well. Uh, but definitely going to be missed. Definitely going to be missed is one Jamar Chaney. All right, uh, let's go back. This is a little bit of fun here uh, from Antoine Powell. They, let's, let's go back to the offense, but from a defensive, a defensive perspective uh, from, from Powell Ryland. And uh, a, a, a good time uh, describing the offensive line from here. It's, it's definitely good on good, and that, that's the best thing about it because when, when we get out there in the field, it ain't going to be nothing. It's usual practice. Have you been lined up against Goodwin yet? Keontae? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, he, he's a good one. He's big. He, he, he wide. He, he can move, too. So I, I, I definitely like going against him. All, all of them, all the tackles, they, they are pretty good. What's your impression of Micah Mizuka? He, he's, he's a nice guy. He's he aggressive. He's an aggressive guy. He, he gets your hands on him. He, he might stay there. If he was in the barroom brawl, he'd want him on his side. Oh, for sure. Me too. I'm, I'm with him. There we go. Good on good is what you like to hear from uh, these starters that are on the defense going against this offensive line. Uh, but having a good time. You know, it's good to hear Goodwin, big, wide, can move. Uh, that was kind of his profile coming out of. High school there. It's a high-profile recruit going to Kentucky. Then, of course, hearing about Mizuka's aggressiveness uh, right there. So you probably ain't getting away from him once he gets on you. So wanted to end this episode a little bit of a you know, light note right there. And, and Antoine Powell, right, and have a little bit of fun talking about the offensive line he goes against in spring practice. So 
good stuff there from, hey, we got a lot of information <laughs> in this episode uh, here on Gators Breakdown, especially on the offensive line uh, this whole week and got a better glimpse of what it looks like, those starting five and a little and, and some depth. Gators building some depth along that offensive line. And we've heard Billy Napier say it before. You went about eight or nine up there uh, to feel good about. Now, I think Florida's probably pretty close to that number. You know, something else we can kind of hit throughout the spring is, you know, some of the numbers Florida feels good about. But just off the top of my head, six, seven, eight, I I think they're there. uh, Pretty close to that range of feeling good about some of the depth they have. Um, Just got to get that right tackle spot figured out, solidified. Um, Two good options there with George and Goodwin. See if, the, see if those guys battle out sometime this spring. But at least, hey, we got Goodwin for a little while, uh, you know, being only at Kentucky for a year and transferring into Florida. So, all right. Good look at the offensive line this week. Good look from Antoine Powell Island at some of the defensive pieces up front for the Gators. That'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls, thank you for joining me on this episode of Gators Breakdown.